Are you wanting to live a life with more clarity and happiness? I'm Tammy Hill, a licensed marriage and family therapist, sex therapist, professor at Brigham Young University, and most importantly, a wife, mother, and grandmother. I am also an optimist. I strive to live my life on purpose, with purpose. I am here to inspire people to do the things that inspire them so that together each of us can change our world for the better. Join me for my Live Your Why podcast. Together we can live a life full of passion and purpose. You know, in my practice, I've been able to meet with some really, really wonderful people. Often couples will come in after they've been married for a period of time, sometimes between 5 to 25 years, and they feel like they're roommates more than lovers. So they're coming to see me to get some tools to help them create more fun and more sexual enjoyment within their relationship. I want you to know how much I admire and honor these couples, recognizing that what they're experiencing and what they're doing is less than their potential, and then proactively choosing to come seek help from someone they never met before takes a lot of courage. If your relationship dynamic happens to be one where sometimes you feel more like roommates than lovers, then this particular podcast episode might be helpful for you. I get to talk with Kyle and Alana from the website Kingdom Sexuality. They are both Christian Canadians who have a real desire to help people, to help couples claim the joy that can be found within the sexual component of marriage. I hope you'll listen in and get some pointers. Hello, this is Tammy Hill, and this is the Live Your Why podcast. Today, I have some wonderful guests, Alana and Kyle, who are the team behind the website Kingdom Sexuality. If you haven't looked it up yet or followed them on social media, you should, because they have amazing information that can help bless your marriage. So today, I've invited Alana and Kyle to join me, and we're going to talk a little bit about a problem that I hear often with clients, and that is we're feeling more like roommates than lovers. So welcome, Alana and Kyle. Thank you so much for joining me on the Live Your Why podcast. It's so good to meet you finally. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Looking forward to it. Why don't you guys just tell us a little bit about yourselves and then share why you write and study and do all that you do in supporting and helping marriage. Okay. Yeah. My name is Alana. I live in Kamloops, BC. Kyle and I are actually both in Canada. Oh, cool. Um, And yeah, I've been married for almost next year's 10 years. (laughs) So it's my husband and I'm my high school sweetheart and we have two little boys yeah. And so with the podcast, or actually maybe I'll let Kyle chat about himself and then I can dive into like All right. where the podcast began. Sure. So yeah, I'm Kyle. I also live in Canada. I'm in Alder Grove, BC, and I have been married for eight years and we have four boys. Oh, you are busy. Four little boys. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes, we are. Good. Yeah. So then going back to the, you know, where, why do we 
talk about this and make reels on this and (laughs) podcast episodes about this. For me, it started back in 2019 when I had my son Theo and I was in the season of recovery after having him. And I just really wanted to dive into resources on how I could make my sex life better in my marriage. It's like, how can I be doing this? Where can I go to learn how to make it more pleasurable for myself and all these other things? And I was like, how do I find this out? And so I'm looking into resources and I'm finding there's some, but there's not many for Christian women mm-hmm. who are where I am in life. I don't know. I was just a sponge to every sort of resource I could find to try and make my sex life better. And I found that in doing the research and you know, trying to learn these things, it was having an effect on my marriage and on my sex life. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like, why aren't we talking about this more? And so then this like fire is in my belly of wanting to talk about this all the time with my friends and mm-hmm. whatnot. And um, a mentor, a sort of friend of mine was like, hey, you need to start a podcast. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that would mean I would need to talk with <laughs> a microphone. And that's just not me. But God is so gracious and he's been so good mm-hmm. <laughs> and has met me where I am. And so I had my friend Paris she was also having the same sort of hunger and wanting to talk about these things. And so somehow we just had the conversations together and started the podcast. And so it's been really good. And then it's been great having Kyle join just this past year to just really dive into how men who listen or like encouraging men to listen to be like, how can men be, you know, having a role in their marriages to make their marriages better and doing their part and whatnot. So it's been really great. That is wonderful. That's what I'm all about. (laughs) I'm a certified sex therapist and a a therapist. And I just believe if couples can get on the same page sexually, everything else just seems better. And of course, there's a lot of joy and happiness that can come along with that. So let me just dig in and start asking you guys a few questions. I teach at Brigham Young University and on campus, there are many students I feel who are not really relationally prepared for adult life, especially when it comes to genuinely showing up in their relationships. In order to really be present sexually, you know, you have to show up. So with your experience and your expertise, what specific conversations are absolutely necessary about sex that you should be having before you get married? What things do you think couples should be talking about regarding sexuality before they're married? I'll start with this. So I think the first thing that you've got to talk about is you need to talk about your past. If there's any sexual, I guess, trauma or anything like that, I think that's important to talk about before you even decide to get engaged, maybe. Maybe, but for sure, before you get married. Like, I think that you don't want that coming out later on when it can have, you know, detrimental effects. And then I think you are going to probably end up in counseling. And I think that's a new way to avoid it is have that come up in premarital counseling and go through it then versus have it come up after. And then I would also say, probably you need to talk about your past partners. If you've been sexually active before you are or have been with your current partner, that's also not like a surprise you want to come out down the line. (laughs) I I think that would be uh, problematic. But yeah, Mm -hmm. like that should come out in premarital counseling as well. I'm big on premarital counseling. I think it's huge. I think every couple needs to go through it. And I think a lot of these conversations can and should be had then to avoid having to do them in marriage. 
Oh, Kyle, I so appreciate you saying that about premarital counseling. I am such an advocate for premarital counseling. As a matter of fact, I won't pay for my children's weddings until they go to four sessions of premarital counseling. That's how strongly I feel about it. So awesome. So I was thinking about, you know, before you get married. And so often I find people go into their wedding nights and say they didn't have those conversations at all. Like they didn't talk about sex at all before they get married. And each of them comes into the marriage and they have these different expectations just naturally, whether it's, you know, how you were raised, the things you just seen on TV and you just assume that things are going to go X, Y, Z. But I think within a reasonable amount. I mean, you don't want to be like just starting to date and then have these conversations about sex. Like I think they should be saved for when you are engaged and when you are maybe, you know, getting closer to the wedding date just to make it easier on yourselves. But to talk about, okay, do you want to have sex on our wedding night? How are we going to be warming up for that? Like, what do you expect? How many times a week do you think we'll be having sex? I mean, generally those, some are those things you will not know. I fully anticipated, oh yeah, we're going to have sex all the time when I want it like every day, like three times a day, it's going to be great. And then you get married and you're like, <laughs> maybe no, <laughs> maybe not that often. So some of the things you just kind of get into it as you get into it. But I do think having some conversations about expectations sexually is just really good. So what do we do if I want sex and you don't want sex mm-hmm. one night? What, how are we going to navigate that? And I think to just learn to have those conversations before you even get married would be really helpful for when you are married because those conversations need to happen when you're married too. Mm-hmm. So it's nice practicing it. <laughs> I'm almost practicing, I suppose, but yeah, before you get married. Yeah, I want to just add to that. I like what Alana said about the wedding night expectations. I think that's huge. And I think that's the very first kind of sexual expectation conversation that couples should be having. And I would even go further and more detailed than what Alana said. Like, yeah, are we going to have sex? Is oral sex expected? What kind of foreplay do you want to do? Like, like not necessarily plan out your wedding night, but be very explicit in what your expectations are for that wedding night. And then that will set hopefully a good foundation of more sexual expectation conversations you can have in the marriage. Such good information. I teach uh, an online honeymoon workshop a couple times through the year Mm -hmm. where couples who are engaged come and and we, we talk a lot about your sexual histories, about the attitudes and beliefs that you came from, what happened in your family of origin, in regards to attitudes and sexuality, do you feel frightened or ashamed when you think about being sexual and have these important conversations together? It's such a fun workshop. And I think it's really what you're saying is exactly what I think is important as well before marriage, that you're getting on the same page in some ways. In our particular faith, we believe it's best to wait to have sex until you are married. And so many of these participants haven't been engaged in sexual relationships with other people and they're coming together as virgins and and so having an idea of understanding where they came from and knowing how to put together what they're going to create I think is so important I love those ideas mm-hmm. so then you're married and and you have these expectations and and life goes on and over a course of time, sometimes not really a long time, and then other times a little longer, sometimes sex kind of just becomes boring, 
Maybe you're doing the same thing, the monotony. You're doing the same thing over and over. Or one partner is feeling like they want to have sex more often, but they're refused all the time. And so it starts feeling like parallel lives almost, where you're living more as roommates rather than lovers. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted Mm -hmm. to spend the bulk of our time talking today about this particular dynamic. What are some specific suggestions that you have that you've talked about and you've podcasted about to help couples stay lovers over the course of a life? Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good question. And I think Yeah, I think at some point in our lives, this just kind of happens because, you know, jobs change, you're moving, kids, like life gets so busy that it can be really easy to put sex on the back burner when, you know, the bulk of your life is just happening and you just got to try and keep up. So yeah, totally valid. And I mean, so people know that I'm not, you know, I've definitely experienced that too. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. just because we talk about sex all the time doesn't mean we're exempt from these issues, right? So The first thing I think is important is to have conversations about it. I mean, I kind of already mentioned that, but even to have a conversation, you know, when you're out for a walk and be like, hey, why do you think we're kind of in a slump right now? Or like that we're just kind of feeling like ships passing in the night and they're not really like connecting fully. Like, why do you think that would be? And, you know, for like a woman and maybe she's got like a bunch of kids and she's like, you know what, maybe I'm just feeling kind of touched out. And, you know, you can kind of navigate from there depending on on what you chat about. Another thing that would come to mind would be to up the connection. So whether it's, you know, instead of just a quick peck when you leave for work, like make it a makeout session, Mm -hmm. like make it steamy, like add, add the love where it can be really easy to just be, okay, bye. Like, I love you. See you later, but be intentional about making yourself feel like husband and wife versus just roommates or, you know, mom and dad, depending where you are in life. And especially too, I think it would be great when thinking of up in connection to be prioritizing some sort of date night. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really helpful where I know life is busy and people automatically expect when they think date night, they think, oh, expensive meal, finding a babysitter or like there's all these things, but it's like, okay, is this a priority to you or not? Because if it is, these are just things that you're going to have to do. And that doesn't mean it has to be expensive. You can go chill out in your backyard once your kids are in bed, or you can go out for ice cream, go for a walk. You know, there's things that you can do, but, you know, thinking of each other's love languages and that stuff, but just being intentional about spending time together outside of your home and having fun together, mm-hmm. I think is really very important things that would come to mind for me. Yeah. Kyle, did you want to add anything? Yeah, I think what Alana said was really good and really wise. I think I was just watching a clip on Instagram before we jumped on here and the pastor was talking about how the number one indicator of a woman's satisfaction within marriage is emotional connection. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something that is so hard for a lot of guys is to connect emotionally with their wives. And so I would say you need to find a way to emotionally connect with your wife first. Um, I think emotional connection or emotional intimacy is another podcast that, or another guest we had on, they call it the foundation of your marriage, Mm -hmm. right? And it's Mm -hmm. such an indicator of how the rest of your marriage is going to go. So find ways to emotionally connect, open up emotionally, be vulnerable with your wife. That's part of the reason that I came on here is I find that, or I started like wanted to join Kingdom Sexuality with Alana and Paris was 
I find so many guys, they just don't know how to connect emotionally. They don't know how to talk to their wife. They don't know how to talk about sex. And I think that the emotional connection is so, so, so foundational that that has to be from the guy's perspective, both for sure. But I think guys struggle with it more. That has to be where you start. John Gottman would totally agree with you. You know that, right? <laughs> In 2016, his research published that that men are primarily responsible for the success of the marriage. And that isn't really fun for men to hear, right? But it's because women need more emotional connection and men find it harder to do that. And so what you're saying is key. If you can choose to emotionally connect, that's definitely going to help sexuality in your relationship. And then, Alana, you said to make sure to have a kiss or even a makeout session when you come and go. I think those transitions or rituals that you have leaving for work, coming home from work. Again, John Gottman says, suggests at least a six second kiss. That once you turn a kiss into six seconds, there's some changing in the brain chemistry. But if you actually hold and hug each other, and it doesn't need to include kissing, but if you're hugging for 20 seconds or more, endorphins start to be secreted and the entire climate emotionally within your relationship will shift as well. So, So good. I love the work of John and Julie Gottman. They have such good information to help us. So have you ever felt like you're a roommate, Kyle? You've got four little boys and you and your wife are so busy, I can guess, with four under the age of eight. Does it ever feel like you're a roommate? Yeah, we went through this a little bit, I would say, kind of year two, three into the marriage, somewhere around there. And I would say it was definitely because of sex. Like we talked about earlier, it was just different unvoiced, unmet expectations. And so there had to be lots of hard conversations. And the thing that we found that worked for us, and I'm a big fan of this, is we started scheduling sex. Mm -hmm. So that way it took all the guesswork out of, you know, when is it actually going to happen? At least that did it for me. And it gave her the mental awareness or like just the mental, like it just calmed her mind knowing, okay, it's then I have time to prepare. I know mm-hmm. that's when it is rather than her having to think, oh, like, you know, when's he going to initiate? When am I going to have to initiate? So right. scheduling sex for sure turned our sex life around big time. Well, I totally agree. But I hear people say all the time, but if we schedule sex, we're not fun or spontaneous. What do you say to that? How's it working so far, I guess, would be my first thing. That's a good answer. <laughs> right? if, How's it going? I mean, if you're in, I mean, if you're in counseling and you're asking the question that obviously your current way is not working very well. But I think that's such a, it's kind of like a lame excuse because mm-hmm. I'd rather be having scheduled sex than not having spontaneous sex. So, mm-hmm. and there's no, there's no, absolutely no truth to the fact that you can't spice it up or still be fun or wild or whatever. It's just, you know, you're doing something that night. It doesn't mean that you can't, you know, do it at a different time of the day or do it mm-hmm. in a different room or like you still can't do those things to to spice it up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not. So even schedule sex can be spontaneous in certain ways. I like that thought. Alana, did you have something you were going to add? I didn't want to interrupt you if you were. 
No, no, it's good. It's I love talking about this because this is something that Kyle and I are going to do an episode on one day because my husband and I do not schedule sex. And so it's just really interesting to contrast mm. scheduling. Why don't you schedule sex? Um, Because I feel like in our marriage right now, we have it enough that I don't feel like we're lacking. I mean, if it was one of those things that was not being prioritized and it was kind of be putting on the back burner and be like, yeah, maybe this would be a smart thing to do. But at this point in time, it's kind of been a priority for both of us. And so it just happens well, because we both want to serve each other in that way, I think. Well, then it's a good idea. Fun. You don't need to schedule it. I know with the busyness of life and especially um, my husband and I both lost our spouses. They passed away. And so we're a remarried blended family with 12 children. And so wow. we, but they're all pretty much adults and gone now. But when we were first married, honestly, we would look at the calendar and try to find any time that we weren't working, taking kids places, you know, all the things that parents do and and find a couple of hours that we could be alone together. And we had our little symbol. It's kind of funny. We put HS on the calendar. We still are old fashioned and use paper calendars, which is little and discreet. <laughs> um, but it was it stood for hot sex. That was our little code. Oh, <laughs> code. <laughs> and we did that for a long time and probably maybe a year and a half to two years after we were married, two of our young, you know, 10, 12 year old boys were looking at the calendar and one of them said, hey, what does HS mean? <laughs> and I remember in the kitchen thinking, oh, what am I going to do? But then the other brother said, oh, I think it's something at the high school. <laughs> so we've changed that little HS now. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but we found in our busy lives that scheduling was really important for us to be able to do that. And it wasn't because we didn't want to be doing it. It was just mm-hmm. that life was so busy. So mm-hmm. do you ever find that conversations around finances or the the fairness of splitting the workload of the home, all the things that a lot of couples mm-hmm. kind of struggle with, do you find that those differences creep in anywhere and negatively impact your sex lives? And if so, what what happens? What do you need to do? Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll take this for the start. I think so. We interviewed Tony and Elisa from One Extraordinary Marriage, and they talk about this in their book, Six Pillars of Intimacy, which I constantly am referring back to now because I think it just lays out the marital intimacy so well. And so one of their things is financial intimacy and the impact that it can have on all the other intimacies, but basically our sex as well. And so if, yeah, if there's this kind of fairness within marriage, oh, you just went and bought something. Oh, well now I get to go buy something, right? Kind of like this tit for tat. Or if it's, if someone's hiding things or if there's even financial hardship, right? That can cause stress mm-hmm. and stress can decrease drive. So I would say, yeah, like for sure, finances are going to have a part to play in that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And something I've heard said too is it can often also be called like chore play instead of foreplay. Like if one of those things where oh. one of the couples is feeling like everything's been put on them to them, I mean, it's, it's again talking kind of a love language, but 
if the spouse is seeing the need and is filling that need, you know, sure, I'll take the garbage out. Sure, I'll do those dishes, whatever. It's like equivalent to foreplay almost. Mm. It's like, oh, like that is just melting my heart. That's exactly what I need. But I can see definitely, yeah, like you said, Kyle, like if there is a discrepancy in that and it's like, well, I asked you to do this and you didn't. So no, we're not going to have sex tonight because you didn't, you know, meet this need of mine. So I'm not going to meet this need of yours. Like I can see how easily it can become a toxic thing in a marriage, which would be really awful (laughs) to try and to come out of and be like, okay, wait a second. Like this isn't what God has designed our marriage to be. Mm -hmm. You know, love is, you know, just go back to what is love. You know, it's selfless. It's putting the others before you, you know, not keeping a record of wrongs. And so much of that just blankets, you know, marriage in general. And I think to go back to that, you're like, no, no, what is love and what is healthy sexual intimacy within my marriage supposed to look like? Mm -hmm. And this isn't what God's designed it to be. And how can we get back on track and change that? Those are such good reminders. Anytime I tell couples, anytime you're starting to have a ledger where you're comparing who's doing what more frequently um, as a good indication to start talking soon, uh, because Mm -hmm. a ledger or a balance sheet is never going to be helpful. The financial infidelity is a term that's actually kind of a newly coined term over the last few years with financial research. And they found that financial infidelity, where one spouse is being secretive or, you know, not really coming forth with the, the way they're spending or utilizing funds, can really negatively impact their ability to connect emotionally and sexually, as you can imagine. So maybe you can give us some playful suggestions on how to make married sex more playful. You know, monogamy is the way that God has designed marriage to be. Be, You know, you're committed and covenanted to one another. And yet monogamy is also something that really can get old and stale and especially in the bedroom. So what are some things that you suggest for helping couples create more playfulness in their sex lives. I always have to laugh when I hear people say that monogamy creates like a staleness within marriage because I always I always think of like a one night stand. Like how on earth are those people going to have good sex when they've never <laughs> met, they know nothing about each other? Like how, how is that going to work? Like I think the monogamy is the first step towards the best sex you're ever going to have in your life because you're going to get to know your partner better. You're going to get to know their likes and dislikes and you're going to get to know how they like to be touched, when they like to be touched, where they like to be touched. And like, you're just constantly like zoning in on all the best stuff. And yeah, I just, I just laugh when I hear people say like, Oh, like being monogamous the rest of your life must be the worst, like sex with the same person the rest of your life. Like, Yeah, it just keeps on getting better. Like a one night stand sounds like the worst time ever. The orgasm gap is interesting. It was just published last month on one night stands or hookup sex is that men typically have an orgasm 95% of the time in a one night stand versus women experience orgasm an average of 10% of the time on a one night stand. Look at that discrepancy from 10 to 9. You wonder why they even do one night stands, right? But then when it, there is still a gap for, for heterosexual married sex as well, but it's definitely not that, that large. Yeah. I think just making a quick comment on the 10%, I think that goes back to all the other types of intimacy. Like they're not necessarily in it for sexual intimacy. They want to feel wanted. They want to feel like they're emotionally connecting with someone. All that other stuff I think is being filled. Yes, I agree. 
But going back to thinking about like adding fun and how couples could be like adding fun to their relationship. I know there's a bunch of different apps out there, mm-hmm. um, like Intimately Us, Ultimate Intimacy, mm-hmm. you know, those apps, they have like whole sections on like games for the bedroom and that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, adding some of that every now and then can be super fun. Something my husband and I did once was we created a like to-do list, but it was like different places we wanted to have oh, sex. Oh, that's <laughs> Whether it was like yeah. in our house or, you know, while we were camping or, you know, whatever, like just make it different. And so it makes it fun and adventurous, even though it's like, it's maybe you're doing it in the same position, but you're just in a different place. Mm-hmm, just adds mm-hmm. something fun to do. Or making a his and hers date night idea where it's like, he comes up with a date night one week and then you come mm-hmm. up with it the other week or say you schedule sex and you're like, okay, well, if I'm in charge of scheduling sex, I'm going to curate it to be this sort of fun thing or whatever. I think there's lots of of ways to look into it. We just got to be creative. Mm-hmm. So often I find in Christian circles, it's like, we just have the sex to have the sex and then that's it without being like, okay, no, this is, this is it. Like, this is your person. So how are you going to make it awesome? And how are you going to make it fiery and exciting? Even when it doesn't feel like the first thing you'd want to do, or like the first thing on your mind in the morning when you wake up, but to be able to be curating date nights and your intimacy to make it more fun, I feel like would like, then who doesn't want to Mm -hmm. be more involved in, in it? I feel like it would just up lots of the emotional connection potentially too, depending on that side of it. I was just going to say, I think if you're a guy too, and like Alana said, you have to be creative. If you're a guy and you're saying, oh, I'm not the creative type, you don't have to be creative. You just have to have a desire to go find someone else who's creative and steal their ideas. (laughs) Go get the app, right? Go on Instagram, go on our Instagram page. We've got lots Mm -hmm. of ideas. Go just Google it, how to be creative. Like there's so many different things. You just actually have to want to do it. You don't have to just be creative yourself. That's a good good recommendation. And I think that your website is wonderful for suggestions. I also, what I'm hearing is that to have playful sex, you need to be intentional and you need mm-hmm. to talk. And sometimes yes. when we're thinking, oh, I'm just going to play, it's this feeling of I'm free, I don't have to plan anything, I'm just going to roll with the punches and that kind of thing. And maybe playfulness is like that, the freedom of it. But playfulness, especially when it comes to sexuality, it requires intentionality and conversations Mm -hmm. in order for this to Mm -hmm. really happen within your relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tell me, I know that you're both very Christian people who have a deep and abiding love of God. Do you think that sex can both be playful and spiritual? Mm. That's a great question. I think so. I think when you think of intimacy and you think of, you know, how holy it is and you can think of, you know, of course, you know, Jesus is still in the room, like God's in the room when you have sex versus not, you know, it can get really, you can almost feel like it's more stuffy and, you know, this like holy thing, which it totally is, but it also can be a really, like you said, a fun thing too. And I think it definitely can be both. How do you make it both? I think knowing the boundaries, like there's certain boundaries where you're having fun to then you're doing something that isn't God honoring. And so I think if you're staying within the boundaries of conversations you've had, so, you know, Mm -hmm. you're both 
enthusiastically consensual to what's happening. And, you know, you're not crossing boundaries of, okay, well, no, maybe we're doing things that we don't want to be introducing into the bedroom, like, you know, like watching porn or, you know, finding other ways to spice things up together. I mean, I don't know. You even look at like Song of Solomon and there's mm-hmm. so many verses in there where it's like, like they're having sex outside. It looks like the way you're reading yes. it and you're like, oh my gosh, like the grass is our bed. And you're like, well, that's pretty adventurous. That's pretty fun. <laughs> yes. But it's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So obviously God's like, yeah, like get it. Cause I mean, it's in the Bible. I think it kind of makes it so holy. And it's mm-hmm. just because you and your spouse having intimacy is like, you know, a reflection of God's covenant love with the church, right? We've heard that before. And so I think just in general, it's just a really beautiful thing. Kyle, did you have any thoughts about that one? I was just going to say, I don't know if there's anything you can like consciously be doing to make sex spiritual. I think just the fact you're having sex within the context of a monogamous marriage committed to Christ, I think that that in itself is the spiritual aspect. I don't know if there's something that we can consciously do to make sex more spiritual. Right. Well, something you could do is, and like, I know just being intentional like in your daily life to be praying for your marriage, mm-hmm. you could be mm-hmm. praying for a sex life you know, covering it in that sort of way, having other mentor people around you being like, Hey, what do you, you know, how can you be seeing not necessarily like your sex life, but it's like in my marriage, you know, how can we be growing in our marriage and having people to be feeding into you? And yeah, I think in that aspect, I suppose it can be spiritual because you're, you're praying for your sex life together. Totally. I think you've said so many important things that you you pray for the marriage together. You pray to be able to connect sexually more frequently, but that as a husband and wife in this covenant marriage relationship, you do honor Christ and God as you mm-hmm. honor your covenants, right? And um, yeah. then what you said at the very beginning, Al- Alana, I really appreciated about the respect that you have for mm-hmm. one another and in conversations that you've had regarding boundaries or how you're going to create the sexuality that you're both comfortable with. Certainly that respect has to be there that you you don't just mm-hmm. take over. This is something both of you are enjoying and participating in, and it needs to feel safe and secure for, for both of you to be there. So I know that for me, when I think about part of the union that is happening as you share this joy with each other, it feels good, but it, all, it feels good physically, but it also really feels good emotionally and spiritually. There's just a sense that this is goodness. And I think anytime I really tune and tap into this is goodness, all good things come from God. And so this is a good thing, mm-hmm. a really good thing. So do you have any suggestions for resources or recommendations? You, I know you mentioned a few of the apps or books that you enjoy that you think could help young couples become more sexually fulfilled in marriage. There's this really good Instagram page. It's called Kingdom Sexuality. <laughs> it is. I agree. That's why you're here. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm joking, but I actually think that our content is is pretty good. So I think that there's lots of stuff there. And we also have a lot of other people's content on our page. Mm-hmm. So we have like other book resources. Like we have a whole highlight on our Instagram page of just books. So if you're looking for books, there's a book on there for every aspect of your marriage or sex life that can help that. And then, yeah, like you said, the two apps. And yeah, I I would say just check out our page. And if you want books, there's a million book options there for you. Thank you. 
Thank you, though. I love the amount of effort and clarity with purpose of the objective of what it is you're all about. When you go and see the books that you have listed or the content you've created, there's a clear vision that this is what you do and this is what you're about. And I appreciate so much the resource that you are for so many people, Christian people, trying to make marriage work and be happier within it. So, so this is the Live Your Why podcast, and I sent you guys a little note telling you what I'm going to be asking you about. I like to wrap up my episodes listening to my guests' why. And so your why is like, what is it you're really all about while you're here on earth? What do you want to be known for? And so Alana and Kyle, will you share with my listeners your why, please? Mm -hmm. I think in the realm of kingdom sexualities, why would be to like, why are we doing this? And it's just to make people realize that God is pro sex and um, that there's so much freedom in that. And like, I want to be known for someone who's like helping people have really great marriages for one. And like, you know, where they're striving to love each other better and love the Lord better. And then also how that reflects into their sex life. And then they'll have really great sex too. Like, I feel like that's just the why is like, we're just going to, you know, we're going to talk about the things that people don't talk about. We're going to bring that stuff into the light and just give people freedom and into their marriages. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And from the guy's perspective of kingdom sexuality, I want guys to, first off, I want them to be like the best husband they can be. And I want to be a resource for them to be that. Not that I'm a perfect husband or I ever will be, but I'm doing my best. And I have learned a few things that I would, that I feel like I can share. And like we've shared my story on our podcast, which is kind of a quick summary is like a pornography addiction, brought that into the marriage, obviously had a huge negative impact mm-hmm. on the marriage. So we've shared my story and my wife has shared her side of the story on our podcast as well. But yeah, to just one, I want guys to be free of that and to know that you can be free of that. And I want marriages to be better because there is no pornography in the marriage. Yeah. Like I said, I want guys to be the best husbands they can be, because if you're the best husband to your wife, you can be, everything else is just going to flow out of that and be the best it can be because you're being the best you can be. Mm. I love that at the heart of your why, of your whys is that you want to help people. I think that is a good Christian heart, wanting to help influence and support and make it better maybe than it was for you initially, or just make it better from the things you've experienced or learned. That's such a generous why. I love it. Thank you. One thing I did think about while you were talking is, you know, our children, um, when we have children, they learn about marriage by observing their parents' marriages. That's their biggest teacher is um, modeling. They will model your behavior in marriage. And so if you really want your children to move forward and have light and happiness and sexuality within the context of their covenant marriages, you need to be living that and making it look like it's something they would want to live too. Yes. So I think that's another reason to do what you're doing. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being with me today. It's been a pleasure to meet you. I appreciate so much all you do with Kingdom Sexuality. I will be posting this. And so everyone can learn about both of you and learn about this wonderful work that you're doing. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much, Tammy. Yeah, thank you so much. You bet. I so appreciate Alana and Kyle coming onto the program today and sharing with us a few ideas about how to enhance our sexual relationships within marriage so that we feel more of that really magical, I call it orgasmic or replenishing energy between one another in marriage rather than just feeling like we're roommates. So I appreciated their suggestions. I also wanted to let you know that I have a new book called Replenish. It's all about how to build a replenishing sexual relationship in marriage. You can find that on my website, TammyHill.com. You can come onto Instagram and look it up. You can also purchase it on Amazon. But look it up because it has wonderful ideas about how to create a replenishing sexual relationship. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you'll go into the show notes, click on the link there, and rate and review this podcast. <music>